Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Anybody who follows you on social media knows you're an avid reader, and a lot of people have been impressed by the number of books that you've read. You often post book reviews, book recommendations on your social media uh, channels. Now, just full disclosure, we're not recording this at the end of the year. It's actually early November when we're recording this, but how many books have you read so far this year? How many do you anticipate you'll finish by the end of the year? Well, so far I've read uh, 112 I usually do a lot of reading in the holiday times, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I don't know. Um, I may get close to 150. Usually I read two to three books a week on average. So that would be, say, 100 to 150 per year. Yeah. I think the obvious question then in all that is you're a, a very busy man. How do you make time for reading two to three books a week? Well, you have, t- uh, you have time for what is priority. And so I don't do a lot of screen time. So I'm, I understand that many people spend two, four, six, eight hours a day uh, on television, videos, uh, computer. Well, I use computer for work, of course, and I do check the news on online. But I probably don't have a lot of that uh, entertainment screen time. So I use it for books instead. Another thing, I like to stay up late at night after it's too late to uh, interact with other people. Uh, so too late to make calls and so forth. And so usually I have a couple hours, two or three hours. I may do some work, some writing, studying, but that would be time. And so if you have two or three hours a day, it's easy to read two or three books a week. And then finally, I do a lot of traveling. I'm traveling by air every week, probably 48 out of 52 weeks per year. And I usually dedicate that time in the air to reading. So I do read a number of periodicals. So I will probably read weekly and monthly magazines, I think um, somewhere around 120 a year. So that takes up a lot of time, but I still have time for reading uh, books. Yeah. Uh, Just real quickly, what are some of your favorite periodicals that you do read? Well, I like for news, um, the week that gives me a digest of the weekly news. Uh, And then I like Reader's Digest, National Geographic. Of course, I read the Pentecostal Life. I read the Minister's Magazine Forward. I read NUMA, the Journal of the Society for Pentecostal Studies, uh, and a few other miscellaneous uh, journals or periodicals. Uh, Christianity Today, I, I read that. And when it comes to books, what are some of the, your favorites that you've read just this year? Well, this year, I like to read, of course, I like to read fiction, but I use reserve that for holiday times. So I like Agatha Christie, classic mystery, John Grisham. Uh, I like suspense uh, novels. Um, but as far most of my reading is nonfiction. So I like to read in a variety of areas. So this year, particularly, I always like to read some history with all the racial tension and all the accusations and comments and myths and unknown or underreported facts, I decided I'm going to read a book, a comprehensive book on slavery. And I found an excellent one 
David Davis in human bondage. I found it very, very helpful. And I think you referenced that maybe in one of the episodes that we did. Yes, yes. And then uh, I usually read a little bit of economics. So I found a very good overview. James Otteson, uh, Seven Economic Deadly Sins. Uh, Sociology, I found a great one by uh, Bob Woodward, or Woodson, excuse me, uh, who was really a civil rights um, pioneer, you might say. But he wrote a book called Lessons from the Least of These. So he spent his life, you might call it uh, community activism or service, trying to help poor people and poor um, apartment complexes or housing projects. And uh, he emphasizes that you've got to let people take ownership of their own lives and of their own neighborhoods. So I found that very helpful. It's kind of an intersection of sociology and economics. On, uh, I usually read a little bit of philosophy. I found Robert Curry, Reclaiming Common Sense and Common Sense Nation, two books. Uh, it, it's going back to Scottish common sense realism, which is a philosophical view. And it says the American political system was founded using this. So you, when you go back and study it, uh, it, it is a very interesting, to me at least, um, of course, philosophy is a little more challenging, but he breaks it down and shows how much of American society and the political system is based on what's known as common sense realism. Uh, psychology, I found an interesting book, uh, Bruce Perry, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog. And it's stories of children that psychologists have helped over the years, and it emphasizes the importance of early childhood experiences and, of course, overcoming negative experience, but the profound um, influence of, of early experiences. Now, as far as, of course, I try to read every book the UPCI publishes every year. And one of the perks of being general superintendent is you get a copy, correct? Yes, I do. So I read it because I want to, but I also read it as just to make sure that I know what's going on. If I have any concerns, I'm going to express them. Now, I may not read all the children's books or the books for, for women, but uh, I, there are three books well, there are many books that, that I uh, really enjoyed this year, but I'll just mention uh, Tina Royer, uh, Restoring Love. So she's a pastor's wife, and she talks about how she o- overcame abuse, shame, and unnatural affection. Very candid, frank, but a message of hope. Uh, I always like David Norris's books. He's got a new one on Acts, called Acts 238, Stories That Teach. And that I'm really impressed with Gary Tracy's book on successful succession, how to transition from one pastor to another. But it's not strictly focused on succession. There are a lot of good leadership principles. I really think I'd like for every senior pastor to read it because I think it gives wise advice that would benefit everyone. So that's a recap of just some of the books um, in various fields that I've read this year. And it probably is worth noting that especially the last three, particularly the last three books that you referenced, a person could pick all of those titles up at PentecostalPublishing.com. Right. Um, so it might be something to uh, think about picking up for 2022. Yes. Taking a, a broader look at your reading over the course of your lifetime, what are a few titles that have really impacted you? We're going to take for granted that the Bible would, of course, yes. be one of those. Yes. But what other books have really made a lasting impact on you? Certainly. I try to read the Bible every year. And probably for the last 10 years, I've tried to use a different translation, not only to give me fresh ideas, but to evaluate what I think about those various translations. So certainly the Bible is a given. I would say, and I will go back to my early 
say as a teenager, young adult, in early ministry, the books, uh, naturally, these are going to be more older or classic books. But I would recommend Frank Ewart, um, was one of the foremost Oneness Pentecostal pioneers. His last name is spelled E-W-A-R-T. So you can get these books from PentecostalPublishing.com as well. But Frank Ewart, The Phenomenon of Pentecost. This is a first-person account of the origins of the modern Oneness Pentecostal movement in the early 20th century USA. He's also, he also wrote another book, the name of the book. Um, he died in 1947 as a UPC minister. So that's significant. Other theological books or uh, Bible-based books, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. Now, I like all the books by C.S. Lewis, fiction and theology, but Mere Christianity uh, then um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a German theologian who was executed by the Nazis. But his book, The Cost of Discipleship, I found, although he doesn't come from a Pentecostal or even a maybe what we would think of as a conservative biblical perspective, uh, he has some profound comments that I found apply very well to our concepts of salvation and discipleship, holiness, the cost of discipleship. Then on a secular level, uh, George Orwell, uh, 1984, and Animal Farm, great uh, satires or uh, surveys of uh, totalitarian government. Also, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was a Russian dissident under communism. He wrote a small book, uh, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. And then he's wrote, he wrote a massive uh, volume, The Gulag Archipelago. It's multi-volumes. But those um, really helped. Those books, I would say, uh, shape my thinking, my life. Um, now, in fiction, I've read all the works of Shakespeare and find that just profound. It's uh, Aside from the Bible, Shakespeare's writings have influenced the English language more than anyone else. Um, I've read all the books of Mark Twain, uh, so that would be my favorite American author. I've read many of Dickens, Charles Dickens, and I've read all of Jane Austen's books. These are classic, and uh, they're written in an older style, which ha has will expand your vocabulary and often um, maybe, um, what shall I say, convoluted sentences or but so it's not not the way we like to read or write, but sure. it does stretch your thinking. And what I like about them, the fiction, is they're really profound studies of human nature and uh, psychology and how people interact. And, and so you learn something while you're enjoying it. It's causing you to think about yourself and, and other people and you start making connections in your own life. Uh, so I, I, I find them interesting. Um, now, a few other classic books or in various fields, or, or at least uh, influential books for me, uh, Warren Wearsby on being a servant of God. That really helped shape my idea of ministry. Um, then I love books by Lincoln, about Lincoln. So there are so many, but I would say um, Alan Guelzo, Abraham Lincoln, Redeemer, President. And then Ronald White, Lincoln's Greatest Speech which is the second inaugural address, although very short, it's profound. And then on Churchill, I have many biographies. I've, re I've read his six-volume work on the Second World War, 
then I've also read the official eight-volume work, which is massive on his life. But if you want a one-volume that really gets you into it, uh, Paul Johnson, Churchill. If you want something more extensive, William Manchester, The Last Lion. I particularly read the one. He's got several volumes, but the one on the war years. Um, And then uh, another little book that I thought was very interesting, Stephen Hayward. It's called Greatness. But the subtitle is Reagan, Churchill, and the Making of Extraordinary Leaders. And I think he also may have discussed Lincoln some in there as well. So I found that taking history and apply it practically. Now, as far as um, the United Pentecostal Church, some of my favorite authors over the years, I've already mentioned David Norris, uh, Daniel Seagraves, uh, J. Mark Jordan on leadership. Any of the books by these authors will be thoughtful, thought-provoking, biblical, inspiring. Um, of course, classic books. I've already mentioned uh, our pioneers, uh, G.T. Haywood, but I would also say it's, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned Frank Ewart, but I think it's worthwhile to mention G.T. Haywood, Andrew Urshan. And I would say more recently on a scholarly level, uh, the Handbook on the Bible series or eight volumes of handbooks uh, covering Genesis to Revelation by various scholars, uh, particularly in many cases, uh, professors at Urson Graduate School of Theology. Those are excellent. And of course, the Apostolic Study Bible. So uh, those are some from when I was a young person and a young minister all the way up to recent times that I've found influential and profound in my life. I'll, I'll close with one final question. Uh, to read all the books that you've read, that's obviously a big commitment of time. So you, clearly you feel like it's valuable. Why is, do you feel like reading is so valuable to, to, to a Christian, to a leader, to anyone? Well, if you can read well, then you can master any subject. So I really encourage children and youth to read because it will help them in every subject. It will help them excel in every endeavor of study. And I read, of course, I read for enjoyment, but I also read for study. Um, and, and we talk about reading the Bible. That's important. But reading books about the Bible or books that make you think about the Bible. And then, as I've mentioned, for a, a preacher and a pastor, it's good to have some knowledge of the culture, a little bit of economics, philosophy, psychology, sociology, because it helps you understand the people in the pews. And the people you're trying to teach Bible studies to, where are they coming from? What shapes their thinking? And especially today, you have many educated people, many people in various careers and professions having a little bit of background. Now, I didn't mention, but I also like to read science as well. Uh, so a little uh, to summarize, I think reading improves your skills. So if you're a preacher, especially, uh, it helps you speak, helps you think and study and write, communicate. Uh, But for everyone, it it stretches your thought. It helps you get beyond your own experience and your own circle of friends and get other voices into your life. So it helps you think creatively, expand your thoughts. And even if it's a novel that is not just um, a surface novel, but a, a novel that deals with issues, even though it may not be directly related to your ministry, it stimulates thought. So I find it, it's, it's like you're having conversations with people across the centuries and across the world. And, and so I've, 
I, I think there are many reasons why it's beneficial to, to read. Well, if somebody's looking for a list of books to read in 2022, you certainly gave them some, some great things to think about. We really appreciate this time, this conversation about books, and we encourage everyone to dig out a book and read in 2022. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.